Welcome to the Pretty and Purpose Podcast, where we remind you that your pretty is beyond what the eyes can see, and your purpose is your ultimate destiny. We must fix each other's crowns because sometimes, girl, they be raggedy. (laughs) This is Celeste, Maya, and this is Jess. Hey, everybody. Hey, Posse. Welcome back, Posse. We're back for season four. <laughs> it's been a long time, y'all. It's a been a little bit. So much has transpired in the last, how long has it been? A, a year and a half? Oh, Lord. Years. I don't even remember. Yeah, it's definitely been a minute. <laughs> and, and we're so sorry. Much has happened. Yeah. It's because life is just Yeah, we just out here living life for real. Um, <laughs> Trying to get ourselves together on the daily. Absolutely. But we're back. We're back. All right, y'all want to start the show up? Yes, we are going to start off as we always start off with our royal moment. And our royal moment is a time where we salute some queens doing some amazing things. So I have the pleasure of doing this week's royal moment. And, you know, it's been so many queens doing some amazing things um, in all of this time that we have been away but I have decided that this week's royal moment is going to go to the three of us, the host of the Pretty and Purpose podcast, mm-hmm. because we have been grinding, we it's have been lifing, we <laughs> have been doing all the things, and even in the midst of doing all the things, we decided like, y'all, we got to come back together and do this. We still got to do this. We right. still got to do this because yeah. like life has been handing us the lemons. And we've been making the lemonade, but we also got to pour glasses and share exactly. with the others. There you go. I have some other, I know some other people who had podcasts as well. Mm-hmm. And I think life started lifing for them and they no longer do their podcasts. Right. And I know that one host in particular, like she was very passionate about it and it was really something that she enjoyed doing. But the rest of the ladies, you know, the rest of the group wasn't able to continue. Yep. So I definitely salute us for, you know, hopping back up on the train and doing, seeing how we, we're just going to make it, we're going to make it do what it is. We're going to make it do um, what it is. Despite <laughs> like, 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 like those, those lemons turn into lemonade. Exactly. And I was just like, just thinking about us as individuals, even from high school like we are all hard workers for those who didn't know we all graduated in the top 10 percent of our class in one of the top period. schools in um, baltimore period period we were in the accelerated and advanced academic programs but i say that to say that all of our lives like we have been hard workers we have been pushers like it's, we're determined to get things done. And I love how that still exists within us as adults and that we're still pushing through. And not only that, but we always want to execute with excellence. So it's like, okay, how can we level up? Even though we have 50 million things going on, but we still want to do our best in all that we do. And not only that, just being a team player, because like you said, Celeste, um, the other podcast kind of like, fell apart because everybody didn't want to do it and you know all three of us being the host of this podcast like you have to be a team player and we're all very much leaders in our own right but we also have to come together and learn how to work together to make this work so and we've been doing it 
so salute, ladies, to all of you. We all get the crowns for our uh, first episode of the fourth, fourth, yes, the fourth season of the Pretty and Purpose podcast. <laughs> but speaking of these crowns, you know, there's always some raggedy ones that we need to fix. And so we are going to move it right along and go into our sis second. And our sis second is how we fix those raggedy. They still raggedy. They They still raggedy. That we see around the town. And Jess has our sis second for today. All right, so boom, right? (laughs) So anyways, (laughs) well, you guys know that I own a condo. In a little neighborhood or whatever. Not a little neighborhood. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. But my, when I first moved in, my building was like very diverse. I would say there were only two other black women who lived here. Um, and I think I moved here in 2020. But since then, those two li- women have moved and I'm sad about it, but whatever. And so we just got a new black family that moved in the end of last year. So on day one, I saw them sitting outside in the car because they had parked beside me. And I guess the daughter who was on the passenger side had her door open. So I couldn't get in my car because her door was open. So I'm standing Mm -hmm. in front of the cars and I'm like, okay, in my mind, I'm like, all right, are we going to have a problem? Like, (laughs) you know, you guys just moving here. Like, I'm all about the, hey, neighbors, nice to meet you. Like, we all got to live here. Mm-hmm. So that was day one. And mind you, I have a doorbell camera on my door. So I see everybody as they come and take their trash out. And that particular day, the daughter also came downstairs. I guess they were taking out boxes or something because they were moving. And she stood in front of the door and she looked at the camera and was like, don't come down here. Don't come down here. They got a camera. And I'm like, uh-huh. like the only people who have a problem with my camera are people who are up to no good. Right. So I'm like, right. okay. That's the backstory, right? Wait, how old is this daughter about? So that's part of the story. Cause okay, okay, I okay. Her, I thought maybe she was in her 20s because okay, she Okay, okay. Okay. So fast forward to last month, I was laying in my bed and I started smelling uh, an herbal essence substance. Girl, it's I'm like, mm-hmm. huh, okay. So, you know, I don't partake. But I'm not understanding why it smells like herbal essence in here. Now, here's my little disclaimer. Like, you do what you do. That's none of my business. I don't care. Just as long as it doesn't affect me. And Mm -hmm. I don't partake. So I don't want my home to smell like the herbal essence. So in the midst of this, I get a camera alert that someone is like by my dining room window. And I'm like, hmm. What is going on? So I look at the camera and homegirl, passenger seat, baby girl, daughter girl <laughs> is all up in my bushes putting, I guess she put her herbal essence there to come back for it later. Uh-uh. She comes onto my patio to put it like by my door. So as I got closer to my office, which is right off the patio, I'm like, okay. There's a strong smell here, and I know I don't partake, so where is it coming from? And I see this alert, so, of course, I had to go put regular clothes on so that I could go outside and say something. But she wasn't there anymore. So I'm like, okay, 
we're not about to keep this here. And this is not the type of behavior that I'm going to tolerate. Like y'all are new in this building. Don't be those black neighbors. And, you know, like I'm, I'm not for all that. Yeah. So I went and got a little Ziploc bag, bagged it up. Cause I was going to go. And no, you didn't confiscate it. Yes, Damn I did. Cause I was going to go give it back to her. But I realized I didn't know which unit they lived in. <laughs> I just knew their car. So I was like, okay, well, let me put it on the car. I'm going to write a little note and put it on the car. The car wasn't there either. So I was like, okay, here I am with this Ziploc bag. <laughs> uh-uh. Okay, so I might I might get the sis second for just that moment. Grabbing <laughs> it up and keeping yeah. it in my possession. Mind you, the day after that, it had rained for three days straight, it was flooded out back. I get all types of animals out back, foxes, squirrels, rabbits, raccoons, you name it, it's out back. And so I'm like, why would she leave this here? Anything, like an animal can get to it, it's raining. Three days later, after the flood, this girl comes and she's all up in my bushes again, trying to get back to what she had left. left. So I'm like, I noticed this girl is, did not come back for it. So I threw it on the car because at this point the car was out there. And I left a note like, hey, neighbor, I know you guys are new here, but please don't leave your possessions by my patio. Mm-hmm. And I put a smiley face, you know, it's all love. You do what you do. So the next day after that, one of my other neighbors from upstairs, I guess, the owner of the car had been knocking on doors upstairs to figure out who left the note because she was upset because she doesn't smoke and she doesn't understand why somebody would do that. And so the neighbor caught the girl one day because the girl decided that she was going to do her herbal essence, nature giving, whatever. (laughs) And then come back into the building and leave a trail of the herbal smell. And so the upstairs neighbor like got upset because she has a child and she's like, well, I don't want my child to be like, mom, what's that? So after that, my neighbor upstairs has been like spraying the building. She has incense. And so she'll always like stop in front of my door and leave me a message like this girl has got to do a better job. So when I was talking to the neighbor, come to find out this girl was in high school and her parent or her, her mom and her grandmother don't know that she partakes in herbal essence. Mm, mm, and so mm, mm. she was just, you know, doing her thing. So the upstairs neighbor wrote her a note and left it on the door. It was bright and colorful, magic marker. And it's like, hey, you know, everybody did this as a teenager. Not me. Um, <laughs> Not me. And she like gave her tips on what to do. She's like, maybe you can take a walk the next time. Maybe you can air out, you know, all this other stuff. And she was like, if you don't take my advice, I'm going to alert the adults that you live with because this is ridiculous at this point. Mm -hmm. So the girl comes home and she sees it and she decides to get upset with me because I have a doorbell camera. So she automatically assumed that I wrote her the note. Oh man. I gives my doorbell the finger and then she like says all types of other explicit words and I'm like, hold up. Record. All right, now let me show them this. It's not even me. And now I'm like, I'm about to, I'm really about to go upstairs and tell your grandmother now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I still don't know what unit she lives in. But nonetheless, I give this little girl a second because she got to do better. Like 
first of all, be accountable. Second of all, don't involve other people in your foolishness. Be respectful. Yeah, most of this would have never happened had she not come to your bushes. Yeah, well, not even that. Because the whole part of me putting on the car was because she was all up in my bushes on my private property. Right. 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 The other part, like she's affecting other neighbors because the lady upstairs is like, I don't want to come home to this. Even though the lady upstairs does partake in herbal essence. She's like, (laughs) I don't want my place to smell like it. I don't want my building to smell like it. So like I do what I have to do. Mm -hmm. And so the whole point is that she's affecting other people. (laughs) That reminds literally just a couple days ago, I was going to the hair store and I was parking and I see somebody beside me blowing smoke in the car, blowing smoke out of their nose and then kind of going like this and coughing. And I'm like, that's a child. And it was two babies in the bag. And I'm looking at this girl and I'm like, that's a child. And I just, I'm looking at her and she looking at me now because now she notices that I saw her smoking. And um, I'm like, but is it a dog? But hairstyle mannerisms, I'm like, that's a child. So she's kind of looking at me with like this guilty look. And I'm like, do I say something to a parent or not? Because I'm like, if I go into the store, I'm not going to know who her parent is. Um, But I'm like, if that were my child in the car, my young child, elementary school child, in the oh. car, elementary school child, smoking weed, one, you're in elementary school, two, the babies are in the back. I would want someone to say something to me. So well, anyway, just to, the adult is in the store? The adult is in the store. This little girl, I would say she might have been in like fourth or fifth grade. She was sitting in the front seat and it was two little ones in the back. And she's smoking. Something tells me that this the adult that was in the store is aware of the situation. Because how you in the car, first of all, how the weed is in the car or whatever she was smoking, I assume it was weed. Yeah. Was in the car because of the adult, probably. Correct. Second of all, this, this child knows how to like said uh, yeah. herbal yeah. essence because yeah. of the adult. So, yeah. like, there's so many. That's not the first time. There's so little, many, right? Yeah. So, the mother, it took me forever to, to park because the, um, the spots were tight. So, because the mother was about to come right beside my car, I moved up. So that she could get in. And I said, I'm just going to move up so you can go on and get in. I said, also, I just want to let you know that I think she was in the car smoking. And I could tell the mother was probably kind of feeling good. And then she just kind of mm-hmm, like nodded her head like that. She said, I'm going to be her A. And she said, that's probably why she called me. So I did see the little girl get on the phone. She was probably trying to see like if her mother was coming How out. How much time she, she had. She said, that's why um, she called me. And I was just like, whatever. So I went on and just parked straight ahead, and I never looked back, but I could hear her fussing at the little girl. But again, this is learned behavior, clearly. But still, you are a little girl in the car smoking weed, and these babies are in the bag. And I'm just like, come on. Definitely, it's a second. Now, I'm not judging folks who do decide to partake. Like, that's your prerogative. But these babies have got to quit. (laughs) What? They got to quit. (laughs) They got to quit because no. (laughs) And people need to be more respectful and considerate of, you know, children. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Jess, um, for this this second. Y'all watch your children in these uh, herbal essence uh, because, yeah, it's 
yeah, it's out there. All right. So anyway, <laughs> we are going to continue uh, with today's episode, and we're going to start the season off talking about a pretty heavy topic, relationship <laughs> PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder from relationships. PTSD is not only uh, limited to people who have been in war and things like that. Like You can legit have PTSD from being in a relationship. And so Jess is going to start us off on a journey telling us about her experience with relationship PTSD. My name is Jess P and I'm ready to tell my story. Mm. (laughs) It's like, no, like for real, for real, I need y'all to go easy on me because looking back, I'd be like, dang. We all make mistakes. We all like, listen, listen. (laughs) But okay, so I'm one of those people that I'm very private when it comes to my dating life, relationships, because I believe once you open it up to the public, you're opening your relationship up to the public's opinion. And I don't have time to be jaded or have to deal with chaos or have to deal with somebody else saying, oh, he used to talk to, or I don't want to deal with your lens on top of my lens while looking at my situation or my relationship, right. whatever have you. Mm-hmm. So I'm very private. Unless, you know, those who know, know. Those who don't, it ain't none of your business. <laughs> but I dated this man off and on for six years. And that is red flag number one, okay? Because don't ever date someone for that long without plans for a future. That's just a waste of time. In the beginning, he was so sweet. Like when I first met him, the night that I met him, he was like, I want to take you on a date. And he actually followed up like right after we met and was like, Monday at 8 p.m., this is where I'm going to take you. Like he was very specific. Um, He even followed up to make sure I got home safely and he was on his P's and Q's. I was like, okay, like this is different because, you know, guys, oh, I probably should have started off with saying I'm the single one in the bunch. Well, not married one in the bunch. (laughs) 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 So, uh, you know, this guy was on his P's and Q's and uh, the dating pool in this area is kind of trash. So he was a breath of fresh air. I was like, okay, like. I can do this, but I should have known because people, the first six months is just their personal representative. After that, that's when the real character shows up. We know who you're actually dealing with. And so one day I was at his house and his doorbell rang or somebody rang his doorbell and then they started knocking. I'm like, hey, you know, that's your doorbell. Like somebody's at the door. He's like, no, no, no. It ain't my door. It's, It's somebody next door. And I'm like, I'm I'm pretty sure that's your door. And he tried to pretend like he didn't hear it. That's another red flag right there. And so I learned that you cannot justify the red flags or any of their shortcomings mm-hmm. because it's one thing to practice grace, but it's another thing to put up with BS. And he was BSing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I used to justify it by saying, you know, well, we're not official, official. So I can't really get mad because we never had that conversation. But think twice before you say that, um, because sis is not going to pop up at somebody's house, ringing the doorbell, knocking on the door, banging down the door for no reason. 
Like, right. she always has a reason. Right. And because he was so sweet in the beginning, I always thought, okay, well, maybe he's acting differently after the six month mark. Maybe he's acting differently um, because of something like maybe it's a reason. How do I get him back to the sweet person that he is? Or how can I get him to this person that I know that he can be? Because that's what he showed me in the past. Mm-hmm. Don't have that mindset because you have to love a person or care for a person for who they are when they show you currently at the moment that you're trying to make these decisions. Mm-hmm. You can't love a person for their potential because they may never, ever reach that potential. And right. now you're just stuck living in a fantasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what was happen to, happening to me because in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, he was so sweet in the beginning. Like, I know that he can be that person. No. And that was your, that was then your, your main objective to get him back to what you exactly. Yeah. So we are for six years. And I, my goal in this whole thing is to get him back to who he used to be when the entire time he was showing me that he was selfish, that he had a drinking problem, that he was narcissistic and some more stuff. Now I'm not saying that I was perfect because I obviously, you know, not perfect, have things of my own that I need to work on, and I even allow this situation to go on for six years. So that tells me that I have some work to do. But, and even like his line of employment, he was caring for other people. So I'm like, oh, he's a caring person. So he can't possibly be all these things that he's showing me that he is. Again, trying to justify um, but I had to realize that I couldn't change him and he's he's never going to reach that potential. And I realized that I am a healer and I would be that girl that was sending paragraphs like, OK, this is why I'm upset. This is what's going on. And mm-hmm. I have vouched to never, ever send a long paragraph ever again, because number one, he's not going to read it. If he wanted to, he would. Like, whatever I'm complaining about, if he wanted to do it, he would. Exactly. People are going to show you who they are. Regardless mm-hmm. of whether you, like, whether you see it or not, that's not their problem. They're going to show you who they are regardless. Absolutely. And you can't live in a fantasy of who you think they, are, they might become or what have you. They are who they are. You can't change them. Right. Not only was he is who he was, but... <laughs> he was operating from a place where he couldn't even define love. So how am I expecting him to love me when he doesn't know what love is and he doesn't love himself? So I can't expect him to give me the things that I want when he doesn't even give it to himself. He doesn't even value himself. And after six years of dealing with somebody, the ups, the downs and everything in between, it's really hard to walk away especially when you care about the person. And one thing that I had to tell myself was that I can't continue to feed into a dead situation or give it all of my energy because it's delaying what God has in store for me and the person that God really has in store for me, which would always be 10 times better than what I think that I lost. Right. So how did you, how did you walk away from that situation, Jess? Like what, what things did you do to get out of that and move on? Um, I used to pray a lot, a lot, but it's not easy 
So like, it's one thing to pray, but then you have to like put it into action. And it was like, okay, God, if you give me the strength, like I'm really going to do it. And I've done that so many times where it's like, okay, I'm going to stop talking to him. But then he will always come back and be like, I'm so sorry for everything that I put you through. I miss you. Like, let me make it right. And then he would make it right for a week. And then we're back to square one. But you know, once a woman makes up in her mind that it's over, it's yeah, over. It's hard. I had to get to that point where it's like, no, because this is really delaying your blessings. And just for me, um, I mean, prayer was definitely key when I was going through um, issues that created relationship PTSD for me, I would pray. But the outcome that I expected God to give me or what I expected him to say was never what he would say. And I'm like, God, that like, there's no way that I'm supposed to put up with this, or there's no way that I'm supposed to. But then, I mean, in the end, you know, God revealed to me like the whole why, but <laughs> a lot of times, you know, when you're praying about it, you're expecting a certain uh, answer, but it's like legit. When you pray about it, let God speak to you and show you, you know, what it is that he will have for you. And see, that's the problem. Like God was speaking, but I wasn't listening because okay. I'm like, no, no, no. Send me another sign. Send me another right, sign. Right, right, right. And then he would send me another girl popping up like boom, boom, boom on the door. Because that happened multiple times. Shame to say. It happened multiple times. One girl like chased him down the street. And I'm like, why am I here? What? Why am right, I what here? What am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I think my my final straw was we went out on a lunch date and he invited another girl on the date. No. I was like, is this really happening? Like, what am I doing? Like, I don't think that low of myself to be putting up with this situation. This is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And I say, you know what? I'm done, God. Just give me the strength. And I think I started changing my prayer instead of like, Help me to leave. It was like, give me the strength to be okay with the decision after I leave. Yeah. And so I did that. And of course, he hit me up like, hey, happy Valentine's Day. I'm so sorry. I didn't even bother to respond because in my mind, I'm like, if you go back, that's a, the longer amount of time that you have to wait until you find your person or your person finds you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, it's a delay. It's a delay. <laughs> I'm not, I can't do it no more. Like I'm way too old. I'm way too tired. And I I cannot do it. Mm -hmm. And of course, like after I finally made up in my mind, it's over. I'm not doing it. I randomly get someone at my back door dressing all black with a ski mask on. Now, I'm not saying that it was him, but I do have a suspicion that he was involved. Allegedly. Mm. Allegedly. <laughs> and that's wild. And that right there that's was another like the confirmation. Way. It was the icing yeah. on the cake because it's like you knew that I was traumatized from when this happened to me before. And yet you decided to do this again and traumatize me even more. And on top of that, are you watching me? Are you following me? Like what is Pretty really bad. going on? Yeah. You couldn't just take the rejection because I'm... I'm no longer putting up with this situation. Right. And so that right there was like, never again. I cannot. Nope. And so and do you feel like in um, your new relationship or, you know, getting to know someone that 
if that person does anything that reminds you of what he's done, that you're automatically triggered, you're automatically put your guard up. Like Absolutely. Absolutely. I think like I struggle now, like I go to therapy and all that, and you know, I talk this through, but with my new relationship with that is a testimony because I feel like just looking back on the ordered steps, because I've known this new person. Well, he's not new because I've known him for 15 years, mm-hmm. but I cannot see him or in the light that God wanted me to see him because I was too busy focused on other stuff yeah. that was not meant for me. Yeah. And so this particular guy, like I said, I get triggered all the time from certain stuff. Yeah. But he's very patient with me and he mm-hmm. over communicates. Like I don't I don't have to send a long paragraph. And I've never had a conversation with him about my dating history, but he does the things that I need him to do to be comforted and feel secure. Okay. And you also can't you can't charge him with um, things no. that someone else that an experience that you had with another individual you can't absolutely. put that on him and he because he doesn't know that absolutely so that's absolutely. where the communication so comes in whenever we do have disagreements I'm like okay that that's me and my baggage I apologize for right. it I don't expect you to have to deal with that and he's like very understanding so I thank God for that I'm grateful because that's my man had a grand well that is definitely understandable and lessons learned so celeste do you have some cb secrets on how to deal with uh relationship ptsd um not necessarily secrets on how to deal with it but ways that um you can identify a healthy relationship okay so um we're gonna talk about um i have a few So there's four things that are required for a healthy relationship. Um, And that's why I didn't comment too much on your section, Jess, because um, it was going to kind of sort of, you know, blend together. So (laughs) the first the first um, things that are required for a healthy relationship are are honesty, trust, respect and open communication. And I think like Jess, in your experience, I think you kind of sort of touched on all of those. Right. So being being able to communicate and being honest with people, explaining, you know, what things are triggering to you or what things you're willing to tolerate and accept in a relationship. And this can also be in a non-romantic relationship, right? This can be a friendship with someone. This can be a family relationship dynamic. So um, this could apply to any relationship, but being open and honest and communicating and then building that, having that trust with somebody is super important and respecting each other is obviously key. I think um, for me and my experience with various relationships, I would speak more so on like the family dynamic and friendships. Um, and we talked about how I somehow feel responsible for other people's feelings. Um, and I don't, and I lack the ability to set boundaries. Um, so when people, <laughs> for some reason... I don't know. We've yet to uncover this, but for some reason in my relationships, primarily friendships, I feel this sense of responsibility to quote unquote, be there for someone, like to be that person for someone yeah. and no matter how burdensome it is to me. So say for example, I'm, you know, it might be three o'clock in the morning. I have two kids, but it's three o'clock in the morning and my friend needs me. I feel a sense of responsibility to be there for that person. You feel but obligated. 
I feel a sense of obligation. Yeah. Um, because I feel like guilty if, you know, someone is calling on me and they need me and I'm not there to support them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realize I'm learning that I need to set boundaries and have a and set healthy boundaries for myself and put myself first. Um, I can't, you know, I, I can't just allow other people to control, I guess, control my actions, so to speak. And so, Celeste, how do you then feel when people don't reciprocate that same thing to you, right? Because that is how you feel as a friend. This is what I should do, right? And so everybody may not have that same view, right? So if you have a friend who doesn't share that same view, is your expectation that, like, that's what friends do? And, And so when they don't, then you feel some type of way. Yes, and I'm still learning to, I'm learning that, uh, well, one, several things. So one, that my I can't expect the same, I can't expect other people to do the same thing that I would do in a situation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. two, I have to respect the fact that other people, just because I don't have boundaries, doesn't mean that other people don't have boundaries, right? right. Like, That's true. I don't have, you know, I don't need to call someone at three o'clock in the morning, but if I had, you know, a frustrating conversation with somebody or what have you, and I'm, I want to reach out to a friend to vent about it, well, she might be at work. Like she can't just stop what she's doing to talk about my drama. So I have to, I have been learning that other people do have boundaries and you got to get in where you fit in. And so do you feel, I'm sorry. Do you feel like then that you, now you don't reach out to other people? Like when you need, um, I feel like I have, I do lean more on my husband than <laughs> external people now okay. um, because because I have easy access, right? Like, okay. <laughs> like we're right here. So right. I think um, I have shifted my um, dependence or whatever you want to call it. Okay. I've shifted that from external people and other people to my husband because, okay. I mean, he ain't got no choice, right? Like, he ain't got no choice. You got to deal <laughs> he with it. have you a choice. <laughs> you got to hear whatever. But yes, um, and, you know, sometimes if I, like, say, for example, you all, like, you know, if I'm in a group chat, but, you know, y'all are at work or, you know, Maya, it's family time and time, bedtime and that kind of thing. I have to, I respect that, you know, maybe y'all can't get back to me right away. Like we might, you know, we'd be having conversations for two days. The com- you know, our <laughs> conversations last a long time because it may take a little while for us to get back to each other. But I have learned to respect that, you know, people aren't going to just be there for you at the drop of a dime. You have to respect that. Um, oh, that made me realize something, Celeste, when you say that, because typically, like, I guess maybe for certain people, I don't know, but I feel like if I don't text back right away, like, I have a responsibility to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm in the middle, so people won't oh, disassume that you have to adjust that I'm that. ignoring them or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, because people make up all types of stuff, and it was like, I was in the middle of changing the baby, then mm-hmm. this one threw up, <laughs> you know, so I feel like I gotta be like, oh, I'm doing this, where some people when texting, it's like, well, it's text, I can get back to you when, whatever, so... That's a yeah, good that's my, I have now, I have now decided that I, like, I have literally texted something and then deleted what I was about to say when I'm justifying, like, oh, I'm so sorry that I couldn't get back to you. Yep. And then I'm like, no, I'm not about to explain to you why mm-hmm. I had, why, I, you know, like, you shouldn't have to justify. Um, and especially in, in respect to just especially because Maya, you and I have similar life lives now with right. two kids at home. So, you know, people like Jess who have friends who now have family dynamic and have situations going on, 
just respects the fact that we have family time. Yes. Like we oh, have absolutely. a whole household to deal with. Like yes. we got to get ready for school or daycare the next day. Like you have to respect what other people have on their plate. Because some people don't. But I ain't going to get it. No, I think it's tricky because I do have friends who do not respect that boundary. And no, I don't have kids. But there are some times where I might be at work or I'm busy and I can't get to my phone. And people are like really upset when I don't respond immediately. I don't owe you that. You have to understand that people have lives outside of you. Yes, yes. And and even for me, like when I can't just up and do everything that people want me to do, it's like... I have kids, like there's things that I want to do that me and my husband want to do and we can't do it because we have kids. Oh, well, why can't you just ask your mother to watch and why can't you? I'm sorry. Please don't come up with the solution from like, I'm sure I would think of that solution if that were the right solution. But if my mother has watched the kids already three times this week and this isn't a, a priority, then no, I'm not sorry. I'm triggered. PTSD. No, keyword. It's not your mother's child. <laughs> So for me, it's like if it doesn't start with my husband or my two kids, it's that that's the that's the priority list. Like that's what's most important to me. And you know, you gotta get in where you fit on that on that priority list because I can guarantee you you ain't part of the top three. And that's just that. So um yeah. lastly, I have three C's um for a healthy relationship. Communication, we which we already talked about. I think I think there's a theme here. Communication, okay. Um, <laughs> compromise. So compromise is huge. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's something that I really use in my marriage. Compromise, like every day is a compromise, right? Um, and then commitment and being committed to whatever your relationship is, be be it a friendship, um, be it a family relationship or, you know, a romantic relationship, um, but being committed in that, in that bond. And Celeste, I challenge compromise. Well, not even challenge compromise because it all depends on how you use it, but, um, collaborate because I remember like compromise is like, I win, you lose where collaborate is like, I win, you win. I read that somewhere. Yeah, I can't remember. It depends on how you use it. Right, right. Because I think compromise is like, all right, well, you can get this this time. I'll, you know, sit back, which which is totally fine. But then collaborate is like, all right, you can get this for half the time. And then I get this for half the time. So it's like, um, we both win. But again, all, all of how you Yeah, it depends <laughs> on how you, yeah, 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 I agree. Or how can we work together to come up with a solution that benefits us both? both right, that's the collaboration. That's the collaboration. Yeah. Yep. I will thank you, Celeste, for those uh, CB secrets. So hopefully those of you who are struggling in relationships could use some of those tips to help you out. But now we are going to move into Maya's motivational moment. Avoiding your triggers isn't healing. Healing happens when you're triggered and you're able to move through the pain, the pattern, and the story and walk your way to a different ending. Again, this is something that I did not come up with, but it was something that resonated with me because when we talk about post-traumatic stress, we're really thinking about those things that have happened in the past. And then when we see something familiar, similar, looks like it smells like it tastes like it, we're automatically triggered. And so the thing is to 
um, learn how to heal from that, not to act like it never happened, but learning how to move forward. And so in this quote, it says, you know, you're able to move past the pain, the pattern, and the story, and to walk to a different ending because you no longer have to, um, even though you feel those things, you see those things, but you no longer have to end the same way that you did. So Jess, in this um, new relationship that you said that you're in, you know, when those things happen, you said like this guy now over communicates, right? And he and he um, does things to make you feel comforted and supported. So he may do something that's kind of like, oh my gosh, like this is triggering. But then he also shows you like, um, I guess he balances it out. And so you, you're remembering like, this is not the same person. This is a different story. Like the, the ending does not have to be the same. Correct. And I think the most important part is knowing your own triggers. So yes. like whenever I do feel triggered, I'm like, oh, why am I reacting this way? And it's like, okay, maybe I'm triggered. And I think he has gotten to a point where he's like, I think you're triggered right now. <laughs> Let's scale this back. Yes. <laughs> and, and you know, for, for me, I would say that my story is a bit different because I feel like I experience some uh, relationship PTSD in my current relationship in my marriage. So no, no relationship is perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And a marriage is even more challenging. Any married folks out there that's listening, y'all know that you go through some challenges in your marriage. And some of those things could cause PTSD depending on what the situation is. Um, but if anything looks familiar that, you know, was in a struggle patch of your marriage, you automatically, your senses get heightened and, you know, you're, you're making sure because you're still with this person. So it's like, how do you still make it through with this person when there are things that are triggering? And that, that C, that communication C is so important, Celeste. And I'm very, very open uh, with my husband and he is very understanding um, so I can say, Hey, um, if you do this, or if you say this, or if this happens, it triggers me, it makes me think of X, Y, and Z. And he's like, okay, I understand. And you know, he puts that in his pocket and he knows like moving forward, like, I don't want to trigger her, you know? And, and I think that that is, that is key when you have someone who is willing to like, okay, we went through this together, but mm-hmm. we are going to now collaborate and work together to be able to get past it so that we can heal together. So a lot of times when we think about relationship PTSD, we think about things that happened in the past that we don't want to bring into a current relationship, but actually moving forward with a person that you you've had, you know, struggle with what, you know, a lot of people have. And, you know, for me, um, it's marriage, right? So it's not as easy to just walk away when you have vows. But most importantly for me, it was that prayer. And it was it was God telling me to be still. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to be still. And I won't lie. I was not always still, right? But God showed me time after time after time. And like my friends who have like been there from beginning to end be like, yeah, that, that, shows that God is real. So we recently had like a a married couples ministry type um, game night at our house. And so we had to write like little note cards to the different couples. And one couple said like, your relationship proves to me 
that God is real because he legit would tell me, like, be still, like, I got this. And I'm like, no, God, I got this because... Uh, it's so hard to be still, though, especially it is, in the moment. <laughs> yes, it is so hard to be still. No, God, I ain't been still. Be still. And literally... God's message never changed. Like, they'd be like, no, God stays the same. Like, his message never changed. And now, my husband, who is now going into the ministry, who has become the man that I'm like, that's who, that's, oh, that's who you was running away from because God called you to these things. But that's why God needed me to be still because he's like, I'm dealing with this. Like, I got this. And I'm like, nah, nah, you got it wrong, God, because and it, it challenged my faith. It, it challenged so much but now it's like you know and and we deal with with uh like six years of what we thought was infertility now mm-hmm. we got two children one by way of adoption yes but one natural you know and it was when mm-hmm. i decided to be still and when kevin decided like to walk in obedience that it all came together and god was like this is what like this is why like, oh, you ain't want to trust me. This is why I'm showing you the way. And so it's just amazing to see and how things happen in God's timing and then how, you know, things become a testimony because a lot of people wouldn't even have made it through. A lot of people would have been like, yeah. And then that story would have changed. And maybe uh, what God had wouldn't have been fulfilled because we did our own thing. But in being obedient and and staying still, you know, God was able to work through it. And so now, even though I'm like, okay, God, I see how you had your hand in the whole process. It still doesn't take away from things that trigger me. Right. And so, um, and, and that's why it's important for us to be on one accord to be like, ah, that's triggering. But I also feel, um, so much more at peace now. I feel less and less triggered, you know, as time goes on because I am now allowing that healing to happen. So it's definitely a process. It's definitely a journey. But for those of you who are married, who have experienced, um, trauma or issues or whatever in your marriage that has been hard to get past, but you two have decided to stay together, it is so important to communicate, even go to therapy, because um, we've done that as well, to start your healing process, because you can move forward. You can. And Maya, I think you you actually touched on all four of the um, things that I said are required for a healthy relationship. Honesty, you're being mm-hmm. open and honest about how you feel or whatever your previous triggers were. Trust, trusting each other that whatever the previous trauma was, that it either won't occur again or you'll be open and honest with each other. Respect. Respect is in all of that, right? Because you got to respect each other to even move through any of that. Whatever the situation was, you have to respect one another to to move through that. Mm -hmm. And then communication, I think we already covered that. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. Those are the key. Those are the key. It takes two people, though, who are willing to work. Now, I'm not saying, and and one thing is, one person's story is not the same for everybody. It's not the same for everybody. So, you know, it depending on what you're going through and depending on what God is telling you to do, be obedient to that, right? Maybe everybody is not meant to stay together. Everybody may not be meant to break up. <laughs> you just got to, you know, right, know that's what's to, that's a That's important to note because not everyone's previous traumas are the same you know we don't you know we got to be mindful of other 
things that other people could be going through that really truly require a separation. Exactly. Exactly. They all found a reason. They all lines. And I think it's also important to note that everyone has different boundaries and lines, right? What may work for you or for me or for Jess may not work for the other, the next person, Yeah, you know, and it it depends on your own experiences, your own upbringing. There's, there's so much more to that. So not everything works for everybody. Absolutely. And even if with the, with the foolishness that I put up with for six years, I don't regret it because I feel like it was a part of the journey. And Mm -hmm. I also feel like that, People are placing your life for a reason. I feel like he was my lesson. And I feel like I was also his lesson um, because he'll never find another person like me. Period. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I feel like he was teaching me what to look for. Like not necessarily what he did, but to value myself more. And to also, you know, continue to pray about it and be obedient because the signs were there in the beginning and I just did not listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, delayed my delayed, Yeah. Cause, and I feel like my not being still from the beginning also um, played a part in that delay um, because it could have been a, a faith test for me, a trust test. And I know I failed some of them joints because <laughs> But but someone um, recently asked me, Maya, would you go through all of that again, knowing that this would be the outcome? I said, I don't think so. Right, no one wants to go through. Why? Like, who wants to go through? But she was like, but Maya, like, your story and your testimony is going to bless so many people. It's going to touch so many people. And I'm like, I guess, right? But, um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know, nobody wants to go through the storm. Nobody wants to go right. through the pain. But like I said about the making lemons, um, lemonade out of the lemons, is that once you've gone through it and you show other people how to get through it, like you're giving other people hope, you're giving other people encouragement. So you know, it's like, dang, somebody got to do it. Somebody got to go through in order for another person's way to be paved. So here we are. Here we stand. Here we are, y'all. We back. We back in season four, <laughs> dropping these lemons um, for y'all to partake in this lemonade already. Um, so any anything else, ladies, on the PTSD tip before we go into our um, Ask PNP? And if anybody has any questions, feedback, testimonies, feel free to message us. Please. And Jess is yeah. going to tell you how to get in touch with us. If you would like to reach us via email, you can send an email to pretty, the letter in purpose, duh, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, pretty underscore the letter in underscore purpose, duh, And we are pretty on purpose podcast on Facebook. All right, y'all. So thank you for tuning in to uh, season four, episode one. We hope that you will continue to listen to the whole season because we do have some fire topics for you all. And until next time. Thanks, PMP Posse.